Welcome to The Story We Tell Ourselves, a podcast for Christian women living in the 21st century where we talk about the narratives we live by and are confronted with in our culture today. I am your host, Rebecca McNeely, and every episode features a guest with unique expertise, which will equip us with the tools we need to live faithfully in the politically charged, hyper-connected, and increasingly complex world. We hope you enjoy. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. I'm here today with Ruth Cho Simons. I'm very thankful. It's a pleasure to have you on and I'll, I'll have you introduce yourself. I will say our listeners, our audience are big fans. We have, we actually had a giveaway with one of your devotional books, Beholding and Becoming just recently. Uh, so we love your work and we're really excited to talk to you today. So I'll have you introduce yourself mm-hmm. and our topic today, which is your brand new devotional book. Well, thanks for having me. It's so good to be here. And, um, Yes, I am Ruth Jo Simons, founder of gracelace.com and author of a few books. And I'm so grateful that you know about some of the ones that I have written so far. Uh, My most recent devotional is called Emmanuel, an invitation to prepare him room at Christmas and always. It's my first Christmas book ever. Um, It's an Advent journey, 25 days starting with December 1. But really, it is a devotional that is meant to point our hearts back to why God with us, which is what Emmanuel means, um, why Christ matters in our everyday life all year round. And so this journey is meant to be more than the magic of Christmas in those four weeks. It's meant to be pointing us Um, back to the posture of our hearts, the promise of God's word, and um, who he is, who Christ is, and how we should respond to him, and then ultimately how he is our Messiah. What does that mean ultimately in the names Mm. of Christ? Mm. That's so good, so timely. What prompted you to write a Christmas devotional? It's a very specific thing. It's an outworking of a product I had created a few years ago for Grace Laced um, called Prepare Him Room Cards. And they were simply just a little set of beautiful artwork cards with a little thought on the back um, and just a little prompt for conversation. And I quickly realized this is not quite enough because just that teaser of a little bit of content wasn't getting us to the heart of the message. And really the heart behind even the cards and why I called it prepare him room is because the posture of my heart isn't always ready at Christmas time. I struggle so much to be um, of the right mindset and to actually not make it all about the ideal Christmas because it's so easy to make Christmas about celebrating Christmas mm-hmm. and not really about Christ. And so um, it really has, is a labor of love for my own family to remember that the journey is about knowing how God with us is meant to transform our lives all year round. Mm. I think that's so true, not just about Christmas, just like we so often get caught up in like the cultural views of what we celebrate instead of like yeah. the true meaning behind why we celebrate. Absolutely. So I think you have, you have, Children, six boys, right? Yes, right. Six, six of them. That's a lot of boys. Yes. <laughs> so what are some of the ways that you've 
you've seen this in your own family where you've had this shift from just focusing on maybe the focus on Christmas to the real meaning. And then how has that kind of translated into this devotional book? Yeah. So, you know, we are, um, I think every family is really different and we always have these good intentions for big traditions and lovely decor and getting started early. And I'll just confess, we are not that family. We are the family that usually, uh, struggles during the Christmas season to actually get in all the things that we so desire. And in part, it's because we are um, in the e-commerce retail business. Mm-hmm. And so in, during the Christmas season, that is a busy work time for us. And so we recognize right away that um, we needed to purposefully, intentionally rehearse the truth of why Jesus wasn't a baby born in the manger only, but that he was meant to be our Messiah. Like I... I personally have to remember that at Christmas. Otherwise, I'm so distracted and so easily disappointed when things mm-hmm. don't go my way. And so on a practical level, it just means that we spend a lot of time discussing and talking about why maybe we're um, discouraged at the Christmas season. Why do we feel like we're stressed out? What are the expectations that we feel are not being met? And so rather than just trying to cover those things up or satisfy those things by adding more, we try to pare down and say, okay, um, we're going to keep gifts simple. We're going to make time to talk like a lot of those things. And we're going to spend less time um, obsessing over the things of Christmas Mm. and talk through more about how this very time when we're thinking about the imagery of the baby Jesus and born in a manger, it's really just a reminder that it's all about the risen Christ. Mm. So good. And it is our tendency to like fill that Christmas season to the max with stuff and with parties and nothing that's like inherently wrong, but just like, there's no space left over at the end. And I think that's why it's about preparing him room, right? Because at the end of the day, when we prepare room for Christ in our lives, that's not something that goes away at the end of 25 days. It's not just that, Mm. oh, suddenly we put away the Christmas tree and we don't know what God with us means anymore. So it's really about, and that's why the book starts with devotional readings that help us to posture our hearts Mm. for us to think through and analyze what's going on with my heart. How am I really postured in a way where I'm anxious or striving, or I'm feeling um, scarcity versus generous generosity? Where am I struggling with my expectations? And so then when you work through those posturing things, the heart posture issues, then you can receive the gospel in a, in a brand new way, in a way that will make a difference in your life. And I love that. I love, this is something I've been thinking about a lot is like, how can we flip the script and think about something that we've always known, especially if you were born and raised in the church You've got to like come up with new ways to reflect on the gospel Mm -hmm. and how transformative it is. So that first category, the book is split into four categories, our posture, God's promise, our response, our Messiah. And you just went over our posture a little bit, but how did you decide that those were the four categories you wanted to dwell on? Well, you know, it's, it's always hard to think through thematically, but to me, it's really just framing up that it's where we start it's how God enters in with his way. And then how do we respond to it? And how do we remember who he is? That's really the four categories. That's ultimately what it is. Our posture is confronting where we are in our natural state. Where I am in my natural state is usually anxious 
and fearful and thinking that I'm going to miss out on all the good things in life if I don't get it right. That's how I enter in most holiday seasons if I'm not um, surrendering my heart, Mm -hmm. right? I'm already coming in that posture. And then God's promise is the reality of how God chooses to enter into our natural state and how he transforms us through the power of the gospel. And then we have to respond to it. We have to say, well, then if that's the truth, if that's the arc story, the story of redemption, then what does that mean for my life? How does that change my life? And so then in week three, we wrestle with um, how that actually will transform our lives in the midst of the Christmas season and beyond. And then our Messiah is the reminder all week leading up to Christmas that um, God is so mysterious and multifaceted in the names of Jesus, which I can't even, we can't even go through all of them in one week, but um, thinking through what it means that he is our Messiah. How is he Emmanuel, God with us? And um, that sets us to remembering that it's all about him. Mm-hmm. And I imagine these four categories could be applicable all across like our lives. It doesn't need to be relegated Absolutely. to Christmas time. Yes. We- do you think that there would be value in dwelling on certain of the, like, like, do you think there's evidence that we could look for on when we're ready to move through the next stage? Like maybe we need to dwell in mm-hmm. posture for a certain period sure. of time. And how would we know we're ready to go on to the next part? Yeah. Well, you know, the book is set up in a way where for those who want to stay on a schedule, you can do it in 25 days. You can start December 1 and end on December 25th, and it would be a neat and tidy journey. But I also hope that there are folks who, if they don't get get through it in the month of December, that they keep reading it Mm -hmm. in January, in February, because even if the context is set in an Advent season and a season of anticipation for Christmas, the truth is what we sometimes get so um, distracted by at Christmas happens to us all year round. Things like, you know, the, the, the goals we set, the celebrations we think we must get right, and all the other things that keep us so busy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're absolutely right. It's completely applicable throughout the year. And so um, I think to answer your question, I would say, we'll never get it perfectly right to move on to the next quote stage, right? But at the same time, I think it's the conviction of the heart that we recognize, oh, I see, I see the truth of God's word here, that he is after my heart. So when my posture is one where I can say, oh, I want to give up on some of these things that I think have to be my way, then I'm suddenly realizing like I can receive better. And then when you receive the gospel and you hear how the story of redemption was from the beginning of time and it didn't start at Christmas, you realize, oh, okay. So now that I'm convicted about that and I recognize that God's always been at work, Mm -hmm. then I'm really ready to respond. And so I think the key there is little by little, the work of the Holy Spirit is to convict our hearts. Mm-hmm. Conviction doesn't have to look a certain way. It it's it's a surrender, right? It's a way. It's a it's an action. Um, conviction is something that causes us to want to take action towards obedience, towards wanting to reflect what God's teaching us. And so, um, if you want to take it slow through the book, that's a good way to see whether you're ready for the next section. Is to see, gosh, am I willing to surrender my way? for God's way. Mm. And, um, and I want to obey and therefore tell me more. Yeah. I hear in what you're saying. And, and also in the book, I know that there is a focus on the resurrection and, and you do talk about the resurrection. 
And I wonder if there's sometimes the disconnect between like Christmas and the birth of Jesus, but talking about the resurrection. And, and did you feel that right. as you were writing it? I just, you know, I thought, how strange is it that it feels like it felt odd to be talking about what we talk about at Easter at Christmas, but there shouldn't be, that shouldn't be strange at all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the disconnect that keeps us from living in his presence all the time. Like that's what keeps us from knowing that God with us is for us all the time. I think it's the disconnect of thinking Christmas is a time where we celebrate the baby Jesus. And then Easter is this one weekend when we celebrate that he resurrected when really the arc of the redemption story was long before Mm -hmm. Jesus came as a baby. And it continues on, um, even after the resurrection, that God's plans and his purposes and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is um, continuous and ongoing. And I think sometimes we miss it and we kind of have that hope for a moment because we're in some kind of, um, we're we're in a celebration that's bound by time and space Mm. and occasion. And we forget that we are the place of celebration for the Holy Spirit. Like we, where the the Spirit dwells within us, and we become the the te- little temples for God. And so, that celebration doesn't have to end. Is my point? Mm. That part is what resonated with me most strongly. Is that after Christmas, kind of crash that happens when yes. you know all the excitement is done, and it's like January, and it's like ah. Uh, the world, everything is so hard again. And the, that's not how it should be as specifically as followers of Jesus. Like we should be able to carry that Christmas, that, you know, isolated experience into the year. Do you think like in your own experience in your own life, did you find that you had that after Christmas crash and that this was part of the reason you wanted to write this devotional? Mm-hmm. You know, the truth is let's, let's, Let me answer that by saying, when you go to a really amazing Sunday morning worship service, if that's where you worship at your church and you listen to a a profound message and teaching from God's word, what happens when you sing the next song? Usually when you sing the next song after you've really like been impacted by the word of God, you, your heart bursts open and you can't help but sing in response to what you've just heard. Mm. That's how it happens, right? That's how worship really is a response and a reflection of what you know to be true and you can't help but celebrate it. And I think we have it backwards where we're trying to create the ambiance, we're trying to create the celebration, and then we're trying to tuck in the gospel message in the middle of, we're saying Jesus is the reason for the season, but we're trying to light all the candles and string up all the lights, and we wonder why we're crashing afterwards. Well, we're crashing if our expectations and our hope and our treasure is all placed on the the created ambiance, the created celebration, rather than letting their celebration reflect and actually um, be a response from what is going on in our hearts. So it, so my most disappointed crashes after Christmas have been times where I was making a treasure out of the holiday itself, mm-hmm. the food I was going to eat, the parties I was going to have, the places that we were going to go. But the most joyful celebrations I've ever had have been ones where we start with Christ and then 
we don't make an idol out of the actual celebration. Mm. So there are times when we didn't get every last ornament out. We didn't get every decoration up. We didn't have all the parties that we wanted to go to. And I certainly didn't get to buy that fancy dress and wear it to that fancy party. And that was okay mm. because I, and I didn't have the crash because my heart was actually already centered on what is worthy of worship. And I was only responding to that. And so it's not disappointing when you're just worshiping responsible mm. to what you already have all year round. And so that's what I hope to communicate through Emmanuel. That's what I hope will come through, even besides all the beautiful artwork. I mean, I I chose not to paint images of Christmas. I chose to paint beauty from God's creation that reflect the Im, the, the 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 colors that we think of in the Christmas time at Christmas time. But the point is ultimately we can never rely on quote the magic of Christmas, right? We can only rely on the message of Christ. Mm. So good. Yeah. Oh man. And I'm just thinking of like, oh, this idea of like centering Christ first and this celebration being a response to centering Christ. And you could, you know, we could even organize our gatherings, our Christmas parties and gatherings around that. Like when we reach out to people with invites, like this is a, a time for us to gather and worship together at the beginning of Christmas season as like a way to prepare hearts in a collective community environment. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. Okay. Well, where can people connect with you online if they want and, and where can they also find a copy of your book? Yeah. Thank you. Well, I love to connect personally through my Instagram account at Ruth Joe Simons. That's R-U-T-H-C-H-O-U-S-I-M-O-N-S. And you can find my work at Grace Laced on Instagram or gracelaced.com. Um, but you can learn more about the book at emmanuelbook.com and it's available wherever books are sold. And um, my prayer is that you would be incredibly um, blessed and at rest this Christmas mm. because you the pressure's off. You don't have to create the perfect holiday season. You already have a perfect Christ to worship. Mm. Well, that's so good. Thank you again, Ruth. It's been a pleasure to have you on today. Thanks so much for having me. tries to roll over my bones when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own when brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken no I won't be shaken when darkness tries to roll over my bones when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own When brokenness and pain is all I know I won't be shaken, no I won't be shaken My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love